welcome Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, Energized by Celsius. This is not your typical Tuesday, ladies and gentlemen, because we are at the Bucks facility again, even in the offseason, we're still bringing that content, and today we spoke to the offensive coaches, including offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich today from the Advent Health Training Center. I'm your host today, Matt Matera. Joined with me is, you know who it is. It is SR, Scott Reynolds. Scott, we have a lot to get into today, but first of all, how are you doing on this Tuesday afternoon? Uh, I'm good. How's the hair looking today? It's kind of getting a little long on top again. Got it trimmed a little bit, you know. But yeah, it's a little wavy. Got a still still party in the back though. Exactly. You got some flow going. I like it. Business up front, party in the back, as they say. So yeah, you're looking good. And we lost Scott there. I'm sure Scott will be back in just a second as I switch around the banners here for one moment, please. Hot start to the show, but we did get a $5 super chat from Leo. Shout out, Leo. Thank you very much as Scott is getting back in here now. Welcome back to the show, Scott. We missed you. I, I missed you. I missed you yeah. all tremendously. Um, but I was referencing my hair because I, I feel like I'm having a good hair day. And, you know, I, I when I think of like hair days, I mean, I think, you know, probably the guy that has a, a great hair day every day is Blaine Gabbert. I mean, look at those locks. You know, I mean, this this guy right here, he's got he's got the mullet going on. Right. He's he's got the number two job wrapped up. That's that's something new we learned today. Yeah, at, which uh, uh, Clyde Christensen confirmed today that yeah. you know it, it, Blaine Gabbert is number one in our hearts, number two on the depth chart. But it, it, it's right. his job. It's not even a competition going into this year. Uh, we have some audio that we can get to that later when we talk yeah. a little bit about uh, Kyle Trask. But that yeah. was just one of the many pieces of information oh. that we got today. Uh, speaking to all the offensive coaches, we spoke to Byron Leftwich. Wide receiver coach Kevin Garver, a running backs coach Todd McNair, offensive line coach uh, Joe Gilbert, and tight ends coach, new tight ends coach, originally was a quality control guy. Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah, Jean-Claude Van Damme, which uh, he said as well that he's lucky that some of the younger guys don't even know who Jean-Claude Van Damme is anymore, which is sad. You know, Jean-Claude Van Damme, uh, exactly. He's a karate MMA aficionado who yeah. every generation should know but in a Van tremendous, Damme, I'm sure is a tremendous french that. actor as well we can't yeah. leave that out <laughs> tremendous is a very high praise for a guy that sticks <laughs> to one genre yeah i mean it's yeah he's he's uh I, I wouldn't say he's up there with like you know stallone and you know arnold or anything but i think you know he's kind of been that genre the 80s action hero type you know that i grew sure. up watching so um, but yeah, I mean, it was an action-packed day at the the team headquarters, and um, I, we should probably start though with with some action-packed news that came out today early that affects the Tampa Bay Buccaneers next year. This guy right here, who's been seriously underpaid, Matt, seriously <laughs> underpaid, you know, and I think he's just said, I, "I've had enough of you, Buccaneers. I'm under contract this year, and you know, I'll." I'll stick it out for one more year in red and pewter, but I'm just tired of being 
perpetually underpaid in this league. And I'm just going to go to Fox and make $37 million a year. <laughs> nice <laughs> to see Tom Brady get a break. It, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he you deserves know, it. Yeah. He deserves it. I mean, he's, you know, he's, he's putting a lot of time in this league, man. I mean, he's, this is what year 23 for him. He's going to be 45 in August. So, yeah. I mean, I just think, you know, for all of Tom's hard work, it's finally coming together for him, Matt. I think that, that Tom is finally getting the big break that he deserves. You know, he's he's been a he's been a pretty good quarterback in this league for a long time. I mean, you know, we'll see if he if he reaches the Tony Romo level, right, in the booth. Because I think right yeah. now Tony Romo and Troy Aikman, you know, two two former quarterbacks, right? One's in the Hall of Fame, one's one's a Hall of Fame broadcaster. I mean, I'm ready to put Tony Romo there right now. I think Tony Romo is, is phenomenal. And and you, you gotta think that it's like, you know. Brady, he passed Troy Aikman a long time ago in terms of Super Bowl rings and mm -hmm. and, and all of that. Um, and so, you know, Aikman's probably like, you know, damn, man, he passed me and, you know, on the field and he was going to pass me in the booth in terms of making money. But there's something about Tony Romo there that's that has me thinking, you know what, Brady, you're better than me on the field, right? You won <laughs> Super Bowls and I didn't, but I'm going to be a better commentator than you. And I it's going to be interesting to see. It's the only chance that Tony Romo has to say that he's better at something than Tom Brady. Though Tony Romo is actually a pretty sure. good golfer too, so I right. like to see them go one on one against each other yeah. on the golf course. Now I'm curious, Scott, to see what you think because uh, I'm a little interested because not necessarily that Tom Brady has a plan for when he's finally done with football and he's not right. going that far from football because he's staying yeah. as a broadcaster. <sighs> but there was a lot of talks about. I mean, you just look at Brady has so many things going on in the offseason, let alone with just with the TB12 workout plan and the Brady brand that, you know, he launched last year and seems to be doing well and has a new golf line now, too. So I'm a little surprised in the sense that I didn't necessarily think that Brady was going to go the broadcasting route just because there was talks about him wanting to be an owner. Now, the money is yeah. there. Obviously, all the reports came out and you just talked about the giant, giant big paycheck, huge paycheck yeah. that he's going to, to get this year. But I, I also wonder as well, too, because while Troy Aikman has transitioned great and Tony Romo was almost flawless coming out of the gate, right. that's not the case for every single former NFL player. Like Dan Patrick right. was saying this a lot today, too, that just because you're a former great player doesn't make you a great broadcaster. And Dan Patrick pointed out that, you know, even Drew Brees wasn't, that stellar working for NBC. Now that's his opinion. And he right. thought breeze was better in the booth than versus when he would be like a sideline guy or just part of the NBC yeah. broadcast. And I think an even better example was uh Jason Witten of the Cowboys. When he did yes. Monday night football, people were not a fan. They thought he was very robotic to the point yeah. where he went back into the NFL because right. he didn't well, like also, doing Booker McFarlane got killed up in the booth. I mean, I think he was, he was great on the sidelines, right? With the Booger yeah. mobile or Booger cam, whatever that was. Then he goes upstairs, and it's it's just it's tough, right? It's it, you know, and now now you're competing. If you're Monday Night Football, now you're competing against the Mannings too over on ESPN yeah. too. So it's it's really become kind of the Wild West uh, when it comes to all of these TV personalities. Richard Sherman going to be joining Amazon, another former Buccaneer. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's 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 interesting to see all of these these players try to, to to make that leap from the field to the booth and do it as flawlessly as as some of these guys have. I think I, I'm a Chris Collinsworth fan. I, I appreciate his his now approach a guy. to it. 
yeah, right. I mean, Collinsworth and, and Romo. I mean, John Madden back in the day was was an absolute classic, and really just kind of redefined the whole um, uh, color analyst role, right? With just the telestrator and the booms and all that stuff. So it'll be interesting yeah. to see. I, I will say this about Brady: if if the humor and the wit that Brady brings to social media can translate into the booth, it's going to be a hit. If we get the stale, generic, I'm not going to give you guys anything from the press conference, Brady. Mm-hmm. If that's the guy that's it's in the booth, it's it's not going to go well. So I, I think Brady's got it in him. He's just got to bring the fire that he does like on social media. He's got to bring that level to the booth. He can't be Mr. Nice Guy, Mr. Politically Correct. I'm going to play it right down the middle. He's got to have an opinion. He's got to get under some some guy's skin. I think he can. We'll see. Yeah, I, I agree. And I have no doubts that Brady's going to put in, you know, the work ethic and everything that made him such a great football player. I know he'll put in that attention to detail when it comes to being a broadcaster as well, too. My only concern is, like, he needs to get reps. Like, I, right. I, I've i done some play-by-play broadcasting doing, like, college ho- on a small scale, you know, doing college yeah. ho- hockey, a little baseball, some golf. Like you need reps. You need to keep going and, and get right. better at it. You can't just like show up and, and get it moving. So yeah. um I, I would like to see how much of almost like practice broadcasting that, that Brady can get in. But you know what? That's a way ways down the road, maybe next year, maybe two years from now. Right, right now, Tom Brady's currently the Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback. And just want to give a shout out to Leo. Thank the you so underpaid much for the fi- Bucks quarterback. Yes, too. the underpaid right. Bucks quarterback. A uh, shout out, Leo. Thank you very much for the five dollar super chat. He says Florio once again is wrong. Brady is not going to play for any team next season. He's retiring and making thirty-seven million a year. I mean, every time there's a new story about Tom Brady, uh, for whatever reason, everyone feels like they need to get need to hear Mike Florio's opinion. For whatever reason, I mean, Florio's been wrong multiple times, but I guess to his credit, he's sticking to his word and he <clears throat> will relentlessly stick to that for as long as the Tom Brady saga goes on um he still thinks that brady's going to play for another team i think that's ridiculous and i don't know how much further we really need to talk about it because this is just going over and over and over and over again it's the same thing and it is what it is at this point (laughs) yep all right so uh a lot to should we stay on the quarterbacks thing should we should we dive into kyle trask i mean sure that was kind of the big takeaway today was yeah absolutely was, was the fact that you had you had Byron Leftwich first, kind of could talk about the fact that, you know, we're not settling anything right now. There's still plenty of time for for us to get into that. We just want to see Kyle Trask get better and, and see him take the field. But boy, the interesting thing was what Clyde Christensen had to say. I mean, he basically came out, and I'm sure you've got a clip ready to go, but he he came out and said Kyle Trask is our developmental guy. And, you know, Blaine Gabbert is the number two guy. And that's just the way it is. I mean, uh, and, and listen, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm a Blaine fan, right? I'm, I'm, I'm the conductor of, of the Blaine train all aboard. And, and I was smiling at that. I mean, I was going to say like a proud papa. I mean, I, I could be <laughs> Blaine's dad. I'm that old. But I'd like to think of more like I'm like Blaine's big brother. Right. Like there's like a bromance going on. Yeah, that's so, fair. I, was, I, I just I felt like I was watching Blaine graduate, you know, or throw a touchdown pass <laughs> or, you know, just walk down the aisle with, with the, you know, his hot wife. I, I, you know, I, it just made me happy that right away 
the the training camp battle that we were all anticipating is over. It's Blaine Gabbert as the number two, according to Clyde Christensen. Yeah, Clyde Christensen said it wasn't really a detriment to Kyle Trask because he said that Blaine Gabbert is one of the best backup quarterbacks in the league, if not the best backup quarterback. And yeah, I mean, if if Tom Brady wasn't in front of him, Blaine Gabbert is probably a a starter for for the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But one thing uh, Clyde Christensen did say was that these OTAs are going to be very important for Kyle Trask. They're making it a premium, a priority that Kyle Trask gets all the reps because they need to further evaluate what type of quarterback he is and how much of a step forward he really took. I think that was one of the interesting things that Byron Leftwich said was like, he kind of said, yeah, we don't really know a ton about Kyle Trask either. Like, yeah, he's progressing behind the scenes, but you can only see so much in practice with the limited amount of reps yeah. that he gets. So, yeah, I, I got the quote right here. He, I mean, this is Byron. He said, we yeah. like where Kyle is at. We just haven't seen it. None of us. None of us have seen it. The only thing we've got is preseason reps. I think he's mm-hmm. gotten drastically better from the last time he stepped on the grass. We've just got to see it. And he has not had, hasn't had the opportunity to be on the grass playing. It should be a fun summer for him, offseason for him where he's going to play a little bit, and we'll get to see him. I like where he's at from an awareness uh, and understanding point. Now he just has to touch the grass and have trial and error. Really, that's where he's at as a developmental guy from the quarterback position. And what Clyde did, Clyde Christensen, he took it a step further. He said, these OTAs are going to be really important for Kyle, an assessment. It won't make him or break him, but it will be an assessment. Here's where we are. Here's how far we are from getting to where we need to go. I think we'll get a great assessment. We will come out of this thing with a great assessment of Kyle Trask. And, you know, the, the other thing that that the that Clyde said was, it's not necessarily a knock on Kyle Trask. Right. He said, it absolutely should not be. This is Tom Brady we're talking about here. And we're talking about one of the top backups in the league, as you mentioned just a second ago, Matt, in Gabbert. We're a guy who was starting a top 10 pick in the NFL draft. You're talking about an awfully good player. Um, and and I think the other thing he said about Trask was, I think it's more of a learning year. I don't see him competing with Gabbert this year. Although, you know, he can do it. It's just all the odds are stacked against you. You can't rep everybody. It's hard enough to get Gabbert enough reps. We prepare Gabbert as the number two. There's always competition. There's always someone looking for your job. But I don't see... That being either or, I see Gabbert as being the backup and Kyle being the developmental guy, and we're going to rep it that way. He needs another year. He's always kind of been that slow, steady developer, right, in high school and college, and I think this follows in line with exactly that. He's not the guy that just comes in and just flashes immediately. He has a methodical development about it. And Christensen said as well, too, he's like, you know, if he plays out Tom Brady, then he'll outplay Tom Brady and become the <laughs> starter. He said the odds of that happening are, are, are very few and far between. So um, here's Christensen talking about just the whole situation with Trask and a little shout out to Blaine Gabbard as well. He continues to progress. It continues to be hard to get him enough reps. This this will be really a great couple weeks here. The OTAs, we're going to put a pri- premium, a priority on getting him reps and seeing what he's like. It's just hard to judge anyone until you get quality reps event against the defense. So that's one of our goals in this camp. You know, we got three other veteran guys who really don't need 
don't need a ton of it. So we're going to give him a bunch of reps and uh, get a good, good look at him. Um, I think he continues to progress in I'm glad we didn't have to find out uh, opening day this year, but uh, you know that 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 gives us another year to keep developing them and see and see and and this 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 off season, that's one of the priorities. With this camp, do you mean? Oh, this is another year he probably won't play much. Yeah, just for clarity, there is no flip side, right? There, there is no flip side. Okay, we're ecstatic about it. And uh, no, I think I, I look at it the opposite way that it, you know buys him another year to develop and uh, watch one of the best in the business do his deal and. Uh, and it gives us a, you know, so, so I don't think so. I don't think so. He, you know, it's kind of like a red shirt year. It is a challenge to keep concentrating for that long, but yeah. you know, I mean, it, it, it you know, I, I really do think that it, it's the best thing that could have happened to him. And sometimes it doesn't feel like it maybe necessarily at the time, but I think he would tell you that it's, you know, he needs another year and, and Kyle's always been, that kind of slow, steady developer, right? In high yeah. school, in college. And I think this, this follows in line with, you know, exactly that. So I think he would say, put a high value, a premium on that also. I think it's more of a learning year. I don't see him competing with Gabbert this year. Although if he, you know, it's it, it just, he, he could do it. He, he, just all the odds are stacked against you. You know, you're not, you can't rep everybody. You can't get enough, you know, it's hard, it's hard to get Gabbert enough reps. So we'll prepare Gabbert as the number two and, uh, um, there's always competition, right? There's always someone looking for your job, but uh, Gabbert will get, I, I don't see it being, I don't see that being a, you know, either or. I see Gabbert being a backup and Kyle being a developmental guy and uh, and we'll rep him that way. And, and if you, you know, if you jump off the screen and he outplays Brady, then he outplays Brady and we'll make some decisions. But, uh, you know, when you go into it, uh, you know, you, you, the percentage chance of that happening isn't very good. And, 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 we, and we frankly can't, you know, you just, you can't operate that way. You just don't have enough reps to do that and get everyone prepared. So that was Coach Christensen there. And Scott, I don't know about you, but it, it, the Bucks aren't definitely are not giving up on Kyle Trask by right. by any means whatsoever. As you heard Christensen say, it's a, he's a developmental project. But I thought it was interesting what he said as well too, where he was like, if you ask Kyle Trask, Kyle Trask would say that he needs another developmental year as well too yeah he didn't play (laughs) he he didn't play at all he played in in parts of three Three, preseason games okay and he didn't get any reps all right the bucks are in a super bowl window right now right this is not this is not like the cardinals drafting kyler murray and then he's the starter this is not cincinnati drafting joe burrow and he's the the instant starter this is a, a Super Bowl caliber team with the window open. You don't want to play Kyle Trask. You don't want to get him the reps. Okay. You want to win a Super Bowl while this window is open. When the window closes, it's Kyle Trask time. It was almost Kyle Trask time this year. At least he would have been the number two if Blaine Gabbert would have beat him out with Bruce Arians at the helm. It didn't happen. Tom Brady came back, thankfully. And as like Christensen said, like there's no flip side to this. Like we're we're excited about Tom Brady coming back. So if Kyle has to wait another year, then he does. But it's it, you know I, I see I'm not going to just post these, but I see in, in the chat people are saying so this is a wasted pick. He's a bust. No, you can't get any better unless you're actually getting better at what you're being trained to do. He's not being trained to do anything right now. Brady's getting the starter reps. 
Then you got Gabbert getting the number two reps. And then any of, of the, the scout team reps, Ryan Griffin is getting those. He's throwing to, you know, to, to the, the, the other receivers down on the depth chart, the practice squad guys, to get the defense ready. And even if Kyle Trask took some of those reps, which he, he does take a handful of those from time to time in season, especially when, when Brady has the day off late in the year, Gabbert takes over as one, Griffin takes over as two, then Trask is, is number three. Even if he takes those scout team reps, they're not in the Bucks' offense, right? He's right. looking yeah, at he's, cards. He's playing the Falcons' offense. He's right. playing the Saints' he's, offense. He's just being asked to throw a slant, being asked to throw a go, being asked to throw, uh, you know, a deep out or or a post pattern, and and he's not he's not in the huddle. He's not getting the calls. He's he's maybe developing some rapport with some of the the practice squad receivers, but. That's why Clyde Christensen said, Matt, that this this is going to be a really good evaluation time for him because everything that he's been asked to do and has done has been in the classroom, has been holding the clipboard. Now he actually gets to run the Bucks offense for a couple of weeks. Tom Brady is not going to be at OTAs. They're not even going to give Gabbert and Griffin a lot of reps. Trask is going to get the most of those reps. And then once Brady shows up in the – the June mandatory minicamp and then a training camp. I mean, we're off to the races again, and he is going to be number three slash four on the depth chart. And that's just the way it is. So it's not fair to say that this guy's a bust or a wasted pick. Trask was better than every quarterback in this year's draft class. Like I believe that this team believed it. They believed it last year. That's why they drafted him last year in the second round. Cause they, they took a look at the quarterbacks that were, probably coming out in this year's draft and said, holy crap, these guys suck. So we're, we're gonna get we're gonna get our quarterback early, get him a couple years of exposure behind Tom Brady, where there's no pressure to succeed. And guess what? He's also a guy that mentally can be a backup, right? I mean, imagine Baker Mayfield coming in here and saying, Baker, you're gonna have to sit for a couple years, right? He's just not wired that way, mm-hmm. right? I mean, he he might sit there like like the the buzz of you know and and the excitement about oh I'm, I'm backing up Tom Brady this is so cool that's going to wear off quickly for a guy like Baker Mayfield he's a competitor he wants to be on the field and that's just the way he's wired and, and that's great but for Trask I just think that we don't know yet and the good news is he's not getting thrown in the fire like a lot of rookies do where they end up burning and so we'll see and this would be a big Big preseason for him. Brady's not going to play a bunch. It's going to be a big OTAs for him in just a couple weeks here. And that was a big part of the scouting process when the Bucs took Kyle Trask is that they knew, and you, you you heard Clyde mention as well, too, that he sat in high school. He sat in yeah. college at Florida and then got his opportunity. So they knew that they were going to take a guy that was kind of okay with starting on the bench because you know that you, you got to soak in a lot more information and there's literally no better quarterback to learn from Tom Brady. I agree with most of your points, Scott. Um, he obviously did not get a lot of reps, hasn't been really been given that opportunity. But at some point, like he can't go into next season still being like, oh, it's a developmental project or, oh, you know, he, <laughs> yeah. he still needs a, another year. And I think at some point this year, you have to beat Ryan Griffin to be the, the third string quarterback. Yeah. I mean, come on. If you're not beating Ryan Griffin, with all due respect to Ryan Griffin, we love him. He was right. a friend of the program as well, too, formerly yeah. on the Peter Report podcast. And sure. Tom Brady's number one bodyguard, getting him off the ship. 
Uh, but at some point, you have to beat Ryan Griffin to be the number three quarterback. And if you're going into your third season next year, too, you have to beat Blaine Gabbert at one point or another. Yeah. With, with all due respect to Blaine. Yeah. And, and I agree with you, though, that he's the, he was the best quarterback. If he was in this year's draft class, he would have been the best quarterback. Yeah. And I agree that, sure, he still needs a little bit more time. And we'll see what happens in the preseason. And it, I'm it actually just, it, it's going to. So, I was going to say, it's just, it's going to be different. When Brady's gone, it's going to be different, right? Yeah. Because I'm not saying the Super Bowl window is closed, but the Super Bowl window is not nearly as open as wide as it is right now. And at that point in time, I don't think that this team has a problem putting Trask and, and Gabbert head-to-head maybe next year or two years from now, whenever. Okay. And, and then saying, you know, now's your time, Kyle. Like, you developed enough. Now get out there and let's do this and beat Blaine Gabbert and be the – the second round pick we thought that you were. I just think that as long as Tom is here, they're in, you know, not just win now mode. It's like win Super Bowl now mode. And yeah. you don't want, ideally, you don't want an inexperienced guy coming in and losing games for you. If something happens to Brady, who knock on wood has not missed any playing time due to injury, even played his first year with a knee injury, but here in Tampa, yeah. but, I I think that's what it is, is is that they just feel more confident, more comfortable with Blaine Gabbert, an experienced guy that knows this offense, that has had plenty of, of games, albeit not very good, in Jacksonville and San Francisco and Tennessee. But nobody knows this offense better than Blaine Gabbert. He's just been in it longer. Yeah, that's true. I'm just saying, though, if come next year, if Brady's He's a more handsome retired, man, if we're being honest. I'm just. Oh, saying. I mean, there's no argument there. There's no argument there, Scott. But I'm just saying, come next year around draft time, if Brady is fully retired, you know, signed, sealed, delivered, he's off to Fox. If the Bucks spend a first round pick on a quarterback, that'll be very telling that they don't trust Kyle Agreed. Trask. And in that sense, then it is maybe not a waste of a pick, but a disappointing pick because at the end of the day, I know it's a third rounder. But right. for him to not see the field at all, I think that would be a disappointment. What I will say, though, is that I'm very excited now for OTAs. I think it was fun last year at rookie minicamp yes. watching Kyle Trask. And he struggled early on, but, you know, he was a rookie, his first ever practice. He got better as it went on. But for OTAs, as you mentioned, like Brady's not going to be there. Right. Even for training camp, we know what we're going to get with Tom Brady. We know right. how the offense is going to look overall. With Kyle Trask, we still don't really know that. So OTAs is going to be very fun. It and is. I understand he's not going to be thrown to Mike Evans and Russell Gage and Chris Godwin. But there's well, still he, a it lot. It will Russell Gage. Russell will be there. Yeah. He's, he's got to learn right. this, this offense. So at least, at least he's going to get you know a, a starting caliber wide receiver in, yeah. in Russell Gage for sure. And, and Matt, I, I, I want to stop you there. I think you brought up a great point that if this team drafts a, a quarterback in the first or second round next year, that is kind of telling on Kyle Trask, just just like it was with Rashad White, and we're going to talk about him and the running backs in just a second. Yeah, but just like they drafted a third round, they used a third round pick on Rashad White from Arizona State this year in the draft. Just a couple of years after drafting Keyshawn Vaughn in the third round, and spending the entire offseason puffing him up like he could be a lead back, which none of us really buy, and the the proof's kind of right there with that, but. One of the guys that I do like, and, and I'm not, don't think I'm cheating on Blaine here, but this is the jerk, right? This is Phil mm -hmm. Jerkovic from Boston College. And I, this is a potential first round, late first round quarterback right now from Boston College. I, he's, he's like my early draft crush. I, I think this guy is a tremendous pocket passer, 
strong arm, mobile. Um, boy, I, I I would be torn, Matt, if they drafted if they drafted uh, Phil Jerko, Jerkovich here from Boston College and then still had Blaine Gabbert on on the team. <laughs> I don't know where my allegiance would lie. Probably with the veteran, but it would be close. So keep an eye on on the jerk. Well, that's exactly why I brought up that scenario because you've yeah. mentioned the jerk before, and I believe you had a story as well too about the you know the the way too early mock draft for, for yeah. next year, and the Bucks were were linked to him. And again, that and these are just mock drafts. Things are going to change over the next right. twelve months when this goes on. But exactly to your point of well, if they're if when there's smoke, there's fire. There's not even smoke yet though. Again, because it's right. a mock draft, but still looking at the possibility a drafting a quarterback yeah. does not, you know, does not really go well for, for Kyle Trask, but we'll see. There's a, yeah. there's a very long way to, to go. Yeah. You're talking about smoke and fire and, and uh, you know, I get that. And, and I think that there's nothing that puts out fire like an Arctic vibe. That's the brand new flavor from Celsius. I mean, I don't know how they keep doing this, but they keep coming up with these amazing flavors. And listen, I drink Celsius for the energy but I also drink it for the taste. It's simply the best tasting energy drink you're going to find. And what makes it so special is there's no sugar. So you get all the energy that you want and need in your energy drink, but then you don't have that sugar crash later. That's really annoying. Cause then you're like four hours later, why did I take this energy drink? Cause I'm so sleepy now. It does not happen with Celsius. That's the cool thing. Now I did take two Celsius yesterday. I, I told you I was going to, and not only do they work really early in the mornings, I'm an early riser. I get up at 536 in the morning typically. It really gets me up. I don't drink coffee anymore. I go straight to the Celsius. But I, I took the other one in the afternoon and look at all the flavors they've got. Oh, yeah. And I had a great workout. I hit the elliptical, did my 33 minutes on the elliptical, and I crushed my time and my caloric burn. I went from 3.51 miles to 3.61. It's a pretty substantial increase. And I felt like a machine on the machine, all because of Celsius. It is a great fitness drink. If you're looking to really power up your workout, I highly recommend drinking a Celsius beforehand because, folks, it works. Now, where do you get them? Two places. When you're on PeterReport.com and you are seeing those Celsius banner ads, click them. You know, it takes you right to, to places where you can buy Celsius. You can also go to Celsius.com, click on the store locator, find out where they sell all sorts of, of tremendous flavors of Celsius. And um, I, I got some in Nutrition Smart uh, today on the way down to the, the team headquarters and grabbed a couple of those. I had a cola this afternoon. I'm not going to be able to sleep till probably 1 o'clock uh, in the morning tonight, but that's how well they work. You can also buy them at Amazon. That's the great thing, too. You, you can subscribe to the, the subscribe and save. They ship them right to your door, and you save a lot of money. And I would be remiss if I also did mention the fact that, that the great-tasting mm. protein bars by Celsius, we're talking about the fast bars, they're on sale right now. That's, that's the best part. Aside from the fact that they taste great and they give you the, the protein that you're looking for to complement your Celsius energy drinks, these protein bars are packed with flavor, white chocolate cookies and cream and the salted caramel peanut crunch. Do they look like candy bars? Yes, they do. Do they taste <laughs> like them? Yes, they do. And right now you can save $5 off these bad boys. Get a 12-pack on Amazon. Use the promo code 5 Fast Lane. All right, yeah, now, what else, what else we got? I'll, 
Yeah, I was just yeah. going to say, shout out to Celsius. Great flavors, whether it's the drink itself or the bars, as you just mentioned. I crushed a three-hour drive this morning, got to the Bucks facility, had myself a peach vibe. Saw that. Good choice. Had me buzzing through the all the uh, press conferences today. So yeah. uh, as we get back to those pressers, uh, we talked a lot about the quarterbacks. Um, I think we should move to running backs now. Either that it. or there was a – just putting a bow on Clyde Christensen as well, too. Mm-hmm. Clyde was asked, and offense coordinator Byron Leftwich was asked about, you know, now that Todd Bowles is the the head coach, he's the, obviously he's defensive minded right. head coach. How much of the philosophy would really change on the offensive side of the ball? Would Todd Bowles kind of just let the offense do their thing, and he'll make some decisions on third and shorts, whether to go for it on fourth down, any type of challenges or things like that, or would there really be uh, a lot of changes to the offense? And Byron Leftwich pretty much said that. He didn't think there's going to be too much of a change. He said that the offense changes every year as it is a little bit. He said the 2020 offense was different than the 2021 offense. But I think the most telling thing, and I don't know if you agree with me or not, Scott, but I think the biggest, most vital piece of information we got was from Christensen again. And again, I think it's just because assistant coaches, they don't get to talk as much as the coordinators do. But he said that probably the biggest change you might see is in practice when it comes to especially training camp where you're going to see a lot yeah. more good on good, which is mm-hmm. you take the number ones on offense and then go up against the number ones on defense, a lot more going head to head against each other, maybe a little more physicality than you would see, which honestly I'm up for that. Don't get me wrong. I love training camp, but it does get a little boring at times when they do the installs or, you know, they're going to Christensen said that offensive coaches, they tend to try to protect their players more understandably if your quarterback gets hurt then a lot of times your season's done before you even get going to the regular season. But I'm all for a little more good on good, a little more just fierceness and intensity and tenacity going out there. I think it's going to be great for the Bucs. No, I, I totally agree. And um, I, I I do think that's that's kind of a, a staple, a hallmark, if you will, for for defensive-minded coaches is that they, they're not afraid to, to have a little bit more of a physical – training camp right and they don't worry yeah. about the offensive guys the prima donnas nearly as much right because they're defensive guys so i, I yeah. dig that and i think we're going to see a little bit more commitment to the running game too because defensive coaches defensive coordinators know how difficult it is to stop the run and the buccaneers defense has done a tremendous job of that first in the league the first two years under bowls last year they slipped a third i mean still pretty damn good uh, so I, I do think that that we'll see a little bit more emphasis on the running game. And why not? When you play Leonard, you pay Leonard Fournette seven million dollars a year. You got to get your money's worth. Leonard Fournette was the talk of the town <laughs> during this uh, press conference today, too. Yeah, uh, some great, great discussions with with Byron Leftwich and really Todd McNair uh, was the big takeaway. It's just you know Leonard Fournette is in in the rare rarefied air here where he could be an every down back. He is yeah. an every down back. Right. He plays all three downs and you just don't see that in today's NFL. Now maybe some of it is because they know Giovanni Bernard's role as a third down back and they don't really love what they have in Keyshawn Vaughn, but they really said that the biggest takeaway of why Leonard Fournette is it's tough to get him off the field is yeah. because of his you know, his camaraderie with Tom Brady, yeah. just they get a really, rapport together, right? Like yeah. they, they, they just kind of feel each other a little bit, right? Like, and you've seen that with Brady and Gronk, you going back to new England, you've seen it with Edelman and, yeah. and Brady in new England. And I, I think, and I'm not saying he doesn't have that with Godwin or Evans, 
but he certainly has that with Leonard Fournette, right? Yeah, and Brady loves throwing to his running backs. Everyone knows that. And McNair had a great line. I'll po- I'll post a video in a second here. But he had a great line that Leonard Fournette has a great knack of ad-libbing yeah. <laughs> when he's out there. And he discusses the play, so I won't give it away. But he said it could be a good thing and it could be a bad thing. But that's just Leonard Fournette's game. He he has a great feel for the game. But sometimes it hurts, but other times it helps. Um, here's Leftwich and McNair talking about having Leonard Fournette back and why he's so vital to this team and he can't go off the field that much. Uh, maybe not have so much on one guy or, you know, in this league, usually you see multiple running backs. But um, how do you see it shaping up with Rashad? With everybody? I don't know. We'll see. We'll have to play it out. Uh, what Lenny gives you with why it's tough to get Lenny off the field. He's a three down back. And he's a smart guy. And he and Tom can play ball. They can play ball together when it starts moving on them as things are changing, things have to happen. Lenny can play ball. Him and Tom can play ball. They've been in these situations. So that's what you see, the connection with them. That's why it's hard to really get him off the field because what he brings and the connection that him and Tom have, I think is unique. And so it's not that we're forcing him out there on the field. We're just putting him out there because he's the best at what we're trying to ask him to do. Now, how to play out this year, like I tell you, each year, each team is different. We'll see the room, we'll put the room together, and then we'll put everybody in position to have success. So we'll see. So you, you just gotta, you gotta be able to, at first knowing what to do, being able being able to do it, right? Being able to play and, and make plays and stuff. Lenny does, Lenny has a knack. He's got a feel for, you know, for, for kind of getting open sometimes. And I'm saying sometimes doing the, the the, uh, wrong thing at the right time. Ad living. Sometimes it gets him in trouble. It does the wrong thing at the wrong time. Like sometimes he'll, all right, he's got to go through a fake, and I got to run out here in the flat. But the backer's going that way. Let me just turn around. Tom hits him. I you. you know what I mean? So that's so stuff like that. They got a little feel. street ball, little you know, feel for each other. Yeah. And it could get Lenny into trouble a lot because he ends up in the wrong wrong place a lot in the wrong times. You know, so yeah. so it's a it's a gift and a curse, a plus and a minus. But him and Tom do are comfortable together. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom has always thrown a lot of balls to his running backs, New England, yeah. New England and all. And so, uh, you know, him and Lenny have that rapport. Yeah. You know, I, and I, and uh, that's probably why Lenny ended up coming back when Tom came, <laughs> when Tom came back. But they do have a, a great rapport. So, so the other, you know, with other guys, like that's a natural thing. You yeah, know, gain the, that, right? A lot of time, yeah, a lot of times you can't learn that. You know what I mean? So we're looking at you look as you're looking at guys and stuff. And Byron said this a lot, a lot when we're evaluating the running back stuff. So, well, you know, he's a, a decent receiver and he, he and he looks like he has a feel he can play ball with Tom. You know what I mean? So that does factor in, and it's a natural thing. If you can't do it, then it's hard to take Lenny off the field or whoever else yeah. has that. Scott, I kind of think um, as far as a receiving running back goes. I still think that the best is yet to come with Leonard Fournette. Because when you think about it, their first year together when the Bucs won the Super Bowl, Lenny didn't make his run until the postseason, really. That right. was Ronald yeah. Jones's job until he went on the COVID list and um, had a thigh injury and a, and a broken finger as well, too. Mm-hmm. And then last year, when Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Gronk are all healthy and ready to go, like those are still going to be the number one guys. But yeah. once Godwin went down, Fournette, who was obviously still really valuable and did a lot for the offense. Right. He became like a top premier receiver on this team. And a lot of it was when Godwin was down. Now, granted, Godwin will be back this year. But I think 
just even in that time, Brady found even more trust with Leonard Fournette that maybe he didn't necessarily have before. So I think Brady's going to be even more comfortable just dumping it off to Leonard Fournette and letting him do his thing. And, you know, he's here for three more years. So obviously he's going to be the the number one guy. Now, the other side of the equation is uh, Rashad White, who was the second most talk of the town in terms of uh, the running back position. And you can only take so much away from from talking to the coaches here because they're not going to give everything away. But I think they're very high on Rashad White in terms of that. He can take that number two role and uh, give Leonard Fournette a a breather, give him a spell when he needs it. And they feel very confident in him. Obviously, it's a long way to go. He'll have to prove it in OTAs and, and training camp and everything like that. But I think starting right now, they feel pretty good about giving Leonard Fournette a break and letting Rashad White run the offense as far as the running back goes. I, I think he's going to end up as the number two back. I'm not sure when that's going to happen. If it would be right after the preseason. I I just think that this guy's a more dynamic player than Keyshawn Vaughn is. The key will be pass protection. Can he earn the trust of the coaching staff and Tom Brady? If that happens, when that happens, he will be the guy, not necessarily Giovanni Bernard, not necessarily Keyshawn Vaughn. He'll be the guy on the field when it's not Leonard Fournette. And and I I, I was excited about the pick when it happened. This was a guy we had in two of our mock drafts, our first one and our last one to the Buccaneers. And it was just a toss-up. Which which Buccaneer or which one of these running backs are the Bucs going to draft? Is it going to be Rashad White? Is it going to be Damian Pierce? Is it going to be Isaiah Spiller? When John and I were going over this, we were going to put two of his Bucks' best bets. The other guy's going to be in the mock because we just had it narrowed down to those three because they all do a really good job catching the ball. White, probably the best receiver out of them all, 43 catches, averaged over 10 yards per catch. So that's that's not, um, you know, that, that's nothing to slouch at. That, that's a pretty significant number. It's not 43 catches. Yeah, but he averaged seven yards a catch. Now he's getting a first down every time he catches the ball. He can be a dynamic receiver. The, the, the player that that um, that Todd McNair mentioned was David Johnson, right? Yep. Being able to line Rashad White uh, out in the slot or out wide as a receiver and get him involved in the passing game that way, the same way Johnson was involved out in Arizona in Byron Leftwich, or I should say Bruce Arians' offense back there in um, in Arizona. Yeah, that would be so much fun to see because the this current Bucks team didn't really do that too much. I think Fournette might have done it here and there, and Giovanni Bernard when he was healthy a, a handful of times. But yeah. you know, it's not something that they really relied on too much, or that um, you know that that they ran a lot. And McNair was very complimentary about Rashad White as well too. Yeah. I think White is going to make an impact as a receiving running back, maybe not instantly, but as the season progresses, once he gets more comfortable in the offense. I could really see him being that that I don't want to say a change of pace back, but like right. definitely brings something dynamic and a little bit different to the Bucks offense that we haven't seen because there's they haven't had too many receiving running backs that have really excelled. You know, Bernard got hurt. Certainly not Rojo, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely, <laughs> not definitely not Rojo. So I, I think there's yeah. a lot of potential here for uh Rashad White to excel in this offense. Just want to give a shout out real quick to Mr. Bucks nation. Thank you so much for the one ninety nine yeah, super chat. He says, that. let's Thank go you, PR hashtag the gift of Ga- gift of Gabbert. Uh, obviously we're all team, uh, Blaine Gabbert here. So thank you so much for that. And a shout out to his YouTube channel as well. Thank you for uh, the you support. Know, 
it was interesting, right? Because what Tom McNair said about Rashad White's confidence, uh, we had a story up this morning about Rashad White being on the Jim Rome show. Yeah. And, and he said, you know, I, I want to go there and I want to be the starting running back, right? I mean, I want to learn from Leonard Fournette, but I I'm going there to compete to be the starter. And Todd McNair was asked about that today, if that bothered him, that you've got some rookie who has not even strapped on a Buccaneer helmet yet wanting to to be the starting running back and supplant Leonard Fournette. And he says, like, no, it's it's not it's not misplaced confidence. I like confidence a lot. Uh, he knows he's got to come in and learn, but I, I, I like the fact that he that he's got that competitiveness, right? Because that's how the room gets better. Mm-hmm. And I think having a guy, you know, I, I would say this, my only concern with Leonard Fournette is he just got paid, right? And with some players, I've just seen it in all my 27 years of doing this. Some players... Matt, they feel the pressure of the contract. I remember Donald Penn when he when he got paid, and he was the Pro Bowl left tackle for the Buccaneers. When he got paid, I remember asking him like, "Hey, Don, congratulations! You pretty excited to get this this big payday? You've earned it, man." He went from practice squad to starter, and he says, "Man, I'm Scott, I'm scared to death because I, I got to earn every penny of this contract, man." And so he took that on as a challenge, and and he he stepped his game up, right? He didn't want to let the team down. He didn't want to, to be that guy who gets paid and then rests on his laurels and gets called out by the media and the fans. Right? So I I've seen players get paid and actually stay at that level or, or take it to the next level. I've also seen some players, once they get paid, they do rest on their laurels and you don't get the best player that you're expecting with that money. And so don't think that's going to happen to Leonard because he's got Tom Brady in his ear. And now he's got Rashad White, I think, in the room that's going to push him. And and I think that's always good, too. I remember Raheem Morris always saying the back of the, of, of the bus guys, they're the ones that really drive the bus. It's the guys on the depth chart that are that are at the bottom pushing the guys at the top and, and maybe keeping the guys at the top on the top. Maybe those guys don't ever rise up, but they're good enough to provide that push and always keep your starters on top of their game. I understand your concern, Scott. Um, and you make two great points of why he won't just rest on his laurels. And I'll give you another reason why I'm not concerned about that with Leonard Fournette. If you remember last year, it was before the indie game. I think it was a week or two before yeah. he tweeted out, like he apologized to his fantasy football owners. But he said, like, <laughs> we have a lot of great yeah. players on this team. Everyone's going to get the ball. That's just kind of how it happens. And then he exploded the next couple of weeks. He had that great game against um, the Colts. He had the other game where he had four touchdowns, or he, he was just scoring touchdown after touchdown after touchdown, as I believe Scott's uh, – yeah, Scott is frozen once again. But my point being really for this situation is that um, – is that Leonard Fournette – there we go. Is that Leonard Fournette? Um, you know, he wanted to do well for his fantasy football owners, and he did the next couple of weeks. So if he wants to put it on for the fans, I think he's going to do it too with that contract, make sure that he earns it with that, uh, you know, knowing that you don't want to let Tom Brady down because Tom Brady is the ultimate motivator, and he's going to get in your ear and in your face uh, if, you, if you're not holding up your end of the bargain. And, of course, too, with Rashad White, obviously – Leonard is definitely a team player and everyone remembers that speech that he made 
I believe, at halftime at the indie game. So he's going to do what's best yeah. for the team and be a mentor for Rashad White. But he is definitely not going to relinquish his starting role, especially that he's going to be here for three years. And Rashad White yeah. is going to be here for at least four. So I'm not worried at all. Yeah, he's with pretty Leonard. driven. Yeah, I'm not worried about him slacking at all because uh, for the reasons you mentioned and for him wanting to do it for the fans and fantasy football, yeah. I think well, there's a lot of expectations for Leonard. Yeah, and, and the thing is, when you're talking about fantasy football, oh, uh, yeah. the place to go, folks, is underdog fantasy, right? It is it is the absolute best. We're partnering with underdog fantasy for a second year. They've got the best ball mania three. The draft is going on right now. You can win $10 million in prizes on underdog fantasy. Underdog fantasy is the easiest place to play fantasy football. Draft your team. With no in-season management, get the optimal score each week in the season and have a shot at over $10 million in total prize money in their Best Ball Mania 3 contest. Head to underdogfantasy.com or in the App Store now and sign up using the promo code Pewter. And Underdog is going to match your first deposit up to $100. Underdog Fantasy, sign up now with the promo code Pewter and draft your Best Ball Mania 3 team today. Yeah, they have so many different fun events. I love the little prop bets that you can do on Underdog Fantasy. Uh, we will have some Pew Report leagues when the uh, when the NFL season gets going where you could just draft the lineup, set it, and forget it. Once you draft your players, every single player is is eligible. It's not like a uh, you know, start them, sit them, what players are going to have right. on the bench this week, what players are going to start. That's you what just I love. draft, and you're good to go. So yep. uh, it's, it's a great opportunity to get some reps in drafting and win a little money while you're doing it. So shout out to underdog fantasy, a great sponsor here on the Peter report podcast. All right, Scott, we went through quarterbacks and running backs and coaching philosophies. Uh, next up we spoke to, well, we kind of skipped over Kevin Garver, the wide receivers coach. Yeah. Um, we kind of know what we're getting here at wide receiver. I would say in terms of Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and uh, Russell Gage. We'll see what happens with, with Chris Godwin and his recovery with the ACL, but that's not really anything Garver has control over. Right. I did think, though, he had some interesting comments in terms of, I believe he said it's it's an open field in terms of the depth at wide receiver, uh, you know, wide receiver four through six, essentially. He yeah. said that Chris Godwin, he said Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are established guys. He didn't mention Russell Gage, but I mean, Russell Gage that's is your given. wide receiver three. <laughs> that's not really, um, that's not Mike, really. Mike Greenberg there. and Jason Light would say, we just paid him $10 million. Yeah. He's our number three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's their number three. But then he left it very much open to interpretation. As you see, Surreal Grayson Jr. there. Uh, that was somebody he talked about. He mentioned Scotty Miller as well. Um, as Jalen Darden. Yeah, Jalen Darden as well, too. So uh, here's actually a video of Kevin Garver talking about the competition of wide receiver. Uh, we're not really making those decisions right now. It's kind of hard uh, in shorts. Um, you know, it's really more about the little things, uh, the details of the plays, uh, alignment, assignment, execution are kind of the things that I'm looking for right now. Uh, and I think in, in training camp, we'll have probably a better opportunity for one of those guys to separate themselves. Uh, and really the way that I look at it, and same thing I'm telling the guys in the room, um, you know, on this team, we got Mike and we got Chris, and those two guys are guys that have established themselves, um, you know, in, in their roles and what they bring to the offense. Uh, and besides that, it's it's open open season. So, uh, really, really competition across the board. 
uh, for all those guys that you named. Uh, they all got different talents and abilities and, and bring something different to the table. Um, but, but really looking forward to the competition is this. That was Coach Garver there. And I think it is going to be an open competition. I would have liked to have a little more outside competition because it's mainly just guys that they're bringing back from last season, the players yeah. that are still under contract with the exception of uh, a couple of undrafted free agents uh, that you mentioned yesterday out of, um, out of Utah state. But I'm curious who, yeah, <laughs> uh, there's a long way to go with this one, but yeah. who, if I guess who would you have as a front runner to get the fourth and the fifth receiver? I guess this is too, because Initially, what comes to mind is Tyler Johnson, but I don't necessarily think he's really close to earning that that fourth wide receiver yeah. spot. I don't know if it's Jalen. I don't even want to say Jalen Dart. I don't. I'm not really confident right. in any of these guys. I guess is what I'm trying to say. You know, the, the coaches said today Scotty Miller was a guy that got hurt early in the season. It was a difficult yeah. injury to come back from, and by the time he came back, it, he just wasn't really in sync with the offense. And so they said enough. I think it was Byron and and Kevin said that Scotty Miller, they remember what he did during that Super Bowl run, right? They haven't forgotten that. If he can get back to that level. Um, and I just think the NFL is, is such a what have you done for me now lately league that whoever has the best training camp in preseason is going to get the job. And I know that's the way it's supposed to be. But I think that all these guys, I don't think that, that they're beholden to keep Scotty Miller, they're beholden to keep Jalen Darden, they're beholden to keep Tyler Johnson, or even Brashard Perriman or Cyril Grayson. I, I like the way Cyril Grayson ended the season before he got hurt. That Jets game was was amazing. Game-winning touchdown, the Panthers game, right? I mean, this was a guy the arrow was pointing up, and I think that they're very excited about him. They've kept him on the practice squad as a developmental guy for years. There's something they like about him. I used to make fun of his hands. I'm not making fun of his hands anymore. The guy's a legitimate NFL wide receiver. And I would pencil him in somewhere four, five, and six. I think that's the guy, if I had to, to place a bet on, Matt, I think that's probably the guy that I would bet on for four, five, and six. Somewhere in that range is, is where I see him. The other ones, I, I think it's more of, of like a, a bit of a crapshoot. But you know, if if I did have to, put, to place a bet, I'm doing it at my bookie, right? That's right. Um, there's so much happening at my bookie right now. I I don't want you to think it's just about football on the Peter Report podcast. There's great golf events. You got the AT and T, the Byron Nelson, which is coming up the 12th through the 15th. You can use the promo code Pewter. They're going to give you an up to one thousand dollar welcome bonus. There's also baseball, folks. 162 games. Of a baseball season can feel like a grind to watch, but you can put the excitement back into each and every game with my bookie. Run lines, money lines, props galore. Nobody gives you more opportunities to win than my bookie. Getting started is simple. Deposit $300 to play with $200 instantly. Just use the promo code Pewter to claim a my bookie deposit bonus. Whether you're a diehard fan or a newcomer to the sport, there's never been a better time to join the my bookie family. Go ahead and sign up today. Hockey playoffs, NBA playoffs. Use that promo code Pewter to secure your first deposit bonus up to a thousand dollars with my bookie. Whatever you put in, they're going to meet you halfway, all the way up to a thousand dollars. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. 
Yeah, it's a great time to gamble with all the playoff sports going on. I mean, there's games literally every single night. The Lightning play tonight, I believe, a critical yes. critical game five as they uh, head to Toronto, try to take a uh, a 3-2 series lead. Now, uh, just back to the wide receivers real quick. Scott, I couldn't agree with you more about Surreal Grayson Jr. Um, he had the highest upside. Again, what have you done for me lately? Everything that he did made you believe that, okay, he deserves to be on this team. Not just, oh, hey, he's here because some of the other guys got injured. No, he deserved to be on this team for what he did towards the end of the year. And I think he's got a great shot to make the team outright and not just because someone else got injured or because, yeah. oh, he's a track guy and he's fast and he's going to play special teams. I think he's yeah. got a great opportunity to earn wide receiver four. Now, the Scotty Miller situation, this strikes me. I'm very curious if this is one of the first things that we will see with not having Bruce Arians here, a little bit of a difference of an opinion yeah. when it comes to, to players in general. Because if you remember, and I understand Scotty Miller got hurt, so that obviously plays the biggest factor into all of this. But even before that, like during training camp, Bruce Arians mentioned a lot that Scotty Miller needs to get to the grimy areas. He mm -hmm. needs to make the grimy catches. Right. Now, uh, Coach Garver and Coach Leftwich, they, I mean, they didn't mention that. And not everyone's going to be as bluntly honest and truthful as, as Bruce Arians tends to be. But they were, as you mentioned, they were all talking about, oh, it's the injuries. And Brian Leftwich said, Scotty just needs to be Scotty. Well, all right. Well, yeah. Bruce wanted him to be more than Scotty. We know Scotty mm -hmm. can go deep. But both Garver and Leftwich talked about we know the potential that Scotty Miller has, and it's more than just what he did in the Packers game. Everyone remembers that sure. NFC Championship touchdown. They yeah, went out of his way to say the he Vikings had a, game, you know? the Vikings game yeah. too. So I almost think that this could be one of the first situations that we're seeing where Leftwich and maybe to a degree Garver might feel a little bit differently about a player than how Bruce Arians felt. Yes. And that, that's what we're going to see a difference now with Todd Bowles as the defensive coordinator, or as the head coach. But he's yeah. going to clearly side with whatever the uh, the brass at offensive coordinator want to do. The other thing, too, is is the Todd Bowles perspective, right? Because he's, he's a defensive-minded head coach. He's looking at this from a, hey, you burn this guy in practice today. You burn my corner. You burn my mm -hmm. safety and you split the safety and the corner in the zone, and you made the big catch. So he's looking at it from, from a, a defensive standpoint. Which one of these guys is giving my defense the real fits in practice? And and so it's it's a little bit different, and, and it's going to be interesting to see because you mentioned some of those allegiances. If Todd Bowles just, you know, if he takes Byron Leftwich's input and says, you know, Byron, I hear what you're saying, but <laughs> I, I like this kid right here, you know. And as, as Chris Cole uh, points out, there's a couple of, of wide receivers, Jareth Stearns from Western Kentucky. You've got uh, uh, Devin Tompkins from um, Utah, Utah State. State, who's a real blazer. Both of these guys are really small. They're like 5'7", so they're kind of in that Jalen Darden mix. But uh, you know, I, I saw Adam Humphreys make the team a couple of years ago, right, from a long time now, but at a Clemson as an undrafted free agent. Cam Brait was an undrafted free agent. So, you know, DeMar Dotson, Peyton Barber, there's been a pl plenty of guys that have made it in Tampa Bay. Now, the depth at wide receiver, I think they have 14 receivers on the team right now. <laughs> so it's as deep as it's ever been. It, it, and this is the hardest it's, it's going to ever be to make this team. But it will be, I mean, that and the left guard position, 
it's like a battle royale, right? It's it's oh, yeah. a free for all. It's a cage match. It's going to be wild to see who emerges as four, five, and six on the wide receivers. Just like who's going to be that starting left guard? I think we all kind of were premature in saying Luka Decky is 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 the guy. I think that's that's the guy they want to be because of the second round draft status. But at the end of the day, Tom Brady doesn't care. He wants the best guy, and I think the coaches are committed to that. It could be Aaron Stinney. It could be Nick Leverett. It could be Robert Hainsey. It could be yeah. Lukadecki. Here's old line coach Joe Gilbert talking about the overall competition and how they're going to evaluate everyone because you got a lot of players, as you just mentioned, competing for one role. There's only so many reps to go around in training camp. So uh, here's Joe Gilbert talking about that. Really fun positions to watch through camp, the development and the competition, you know, and uh, that's the one thing we've preached, you know, Goody's preached in our room. It's 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 open. You know, that that spot there is every guy's got a shot. You know, Brandon Walton, uh, all those guys. So it, it's going to be a lot of fun. Really fine-tuning what they do with left guard to make that, that determination. You know, I, we haven't sat down and said, hey, this is how we're going to space out camp yet. But you know that everyone's going to get a legitimate chance. Rep-wise, you know, there's three preseason games. Um, at some point, we're going to have to sit down and say, hey, who's performed better? You know, and, and obviously, and you try to say, all right, who's going to get reps with the ones this week and, you know, or today and, and rotate that around so everyone's got a fair shot of, of getting that. Um, so at some point, there'll be plenty of reps, I think, and, and between the preseason games and camp to evaluate who we feel is going to go in. And, you know, the one good thing is, is people don't realize here is you're evaluated every day, you know, so it's going to be, you know, hey, if someone goes out and they get the starting job, that doesn't necessarily, I would say, is going to say, hey, you're the guy for the rest of the year. So, you know, and I don't have a problem with that. I mean, it's you got to perform or you're gone. You know, that's unfortunately that's the NFL, you know, and uh, we got a Hall of Fame quarterback back there that you better protect his ass or you ain't going to be on the field very long. Joe, when you when you. Yeah, not much more. Yeah, not much more motivation you need than, hey, you better protect Tom Brady because you don't want to be the guy that. uh, yeah. Like that lets your greatest quarterback of all time get hit. The only thing that's better than, than a really, really good defensive line coach is a really, really good offensive line coach, right? Because the, those guys in the trenches, man, they just they they just talk football. Like I don't know if you have a clip or not. Do you have do you have the FU clip? Ah, uh, I don't. I could try it's, it's okay. It no worries. I, yeah. I I'll just relay that today. One of the things that when when he was asked about Luke Gadecki being a glass eater, right? Yeah. That's kind of how Gadecki, the second round pick out of Central Michigan, described himself was I'm kind of like that that glass eater. I want to what bury you and steal your soul, crush your soul, whatever, whatever he said on, on yeah. draft day. <laughs> um so we asked him about Gadecki and you know, does he have some Ryan Jensen like qualities? Because those two guys kind of have the same temperament. And Joe Gilbert said, yeah, he's one of those guys that that he'll give you that that FU block. Right. Which is which is what it stands for, folks. Yep. It's one of those blocks where it's like uh, screw technique on this play. I'm just going to plaster your ass into the ground. Just going to blast you. And uh, and and we've seen Ryan Jensen do that. Those are the tone setting blocks. Those are the the blocks that that get the player fired up. They get the offensive line fired up to get the crowd fired up. Right. Uh, so. It's cool to see that you've you've identified some of those blocks if you're Joe Gilbert on tape from Luke Gadecki and say, yeah, this is our type of guy. We're going to put him next to Ryan Jensen. Whew, look out. This is like the Bash brothers in the middle here. Yeah, it would be a dream scenario to have those two guys line up next to each other, just 
crushing people left and right. We might have to start like uh, keep a, a counter of like how many fu blocks that uh, yes. the Bucks offensive line <laughs> has this year. We, yeah. we can get to that later, but you know, I think you're going to see if Gadecki starts. But nonetheless, whoever's lining up next to Ryan Jensen, that starter maybe maybe uh, Gadecki. Gadecki and Jensen are going to knock a lot of people over, kind of like how you try to knock over bowling pin with the bowling ball ah. which if you're going to do that if you're going to knock over some pins uh the best place to go to is pin chasers uh the number one bowling alley in all of tampa uh, their owner anthony peroni is a huge bucks fan with season tickets so if you go to pin chasers you are supporting a fellow tampa bay buccaneers fan everyone you see it on the graphic here their food is extremely underrated. It's not like your typical bowling alley pizza and nachos and burgers and everything else in between. Um, it's so underrated to the point that uh, sometimes you could just go there and not even bowl just to go and get the food. They order it. You can order it. They bring it right to your lane where you're going. Um, and the beauty, too, is that they have different specials every single night. They got all-you-can-eat pizza. They got brunch on the weekends. They got other deals for all-you-can-bowl, uh, dollar Miller Lights. They have literally different deals every single night. You can go uh, for a night out with the family, just a night out with friends. You could set up a birthday party for your kids. They got an arcade area. So if your kids get a little tired of bowling, they can just go and play video games and stay occupied that way. There's something for everyone at Pin Chasers. So make sure you go to pinchasers.net to reserve a lane or book a party. And uh, they have multiple different locations too that you see on the graphics. Yeah. So Zephyr uh, Hills, Midtown Tampa, Veterans yeah. Tampa. <laughs> yeah, so go to pinchasers.net to find out more information. Pin Chasers, longtime sponsor, uh couldn't be more thankful for them sponsoring the podcast yeah. and make sure we're you go be bowling, having, especially in the summertime. Yeah. We're going to be having a summer event there too. I know COVID kind of wrecked all of our bowling get togethers and fan events, but we're going to be doing something this summer at pin chaser date and time to be determined. We'll let you know about it. Probably get, I try to get a, a current Buccaneer and a former Buccaneer. That'd be fun yeah. to get like maybe Mike Allstott or Martin Grammatic out there. And then, and then maybe one of the newer players before they get out of town. So keep, Stay tuned to PeterReport.com. The Peter Report podcast will have that information for you. Um, interesting. This just hit Pro Football Focus's Twitter account. Uh, Lewis Seen uh, was quoted on the Richard Sherman podcast on the Buccaneers. He said, quote, they told me they were going to take me if I was there. Then I got there and they traded the pick. So that's one of those things where, you know, folks, we, we were pretty – Spot on, not just with Logan Hall, but with Lewis Seen. It was really between those two players, and the Buccaneers traded back, and maybe maybe they would have taken Lewis Seen at 33 had he been there, Matt. He wasn't, yeah. but they ended up getting one of their guys, and I don't think they have any qualms about taking Logan Hall to begin with there. Uh, folks, we, we've got a schedule change coming uh, to Peter Report's podcast. And but a good reason, schedule change. The reason why is because there's a schedule coming out. It's coming out <laughs> Thursday night, so there's not going to be a podcast tomorrow night, uh, or I should say tomorrow, period. Usually we do Wednesday podcasts at 4 o'clock, so don't think we're taking the day off, folks. We're not. There's going to be plenty of Peter Report content. There's still a lot to get from these press conferences that we're going to have on the website tomorrow, but Thursday night, 2022 Bucks schedule release show, 730 Eastern time. The schedule will fully be released at eight o'clock. It'll probably come out a little bit earlier than that. 
technically, but we'll be on the air dissecting it. So make sure that you are uh, staying tuned to the Pewter Report podcast Thursday night at 730. I understand there'll be a lightning game on. It'll be a great time to to kill some time during intermission uh, Mm -hmm. or just have us on uh, and listen to us, and then you can watch the lightning game. So there's that play as well. Then Friday night at 730, we're going to be back in action here breaking down the first day of Bucks Rookie Minicamp. So two primetime podcasts back-to-back Thursday night for the schedule release, Friday night for the Bucks Minicamp. Matt, we didn't even get to everything today, but we're running out of time for today's show. We we, we went into overtime. We want to win. So we're, we're going to have to get out of here. But, but folks, um, make sure that you subscribe to our Pewter Reports TV channel on YouTube. It's really important because now we're up to 8,300 subscribers thanks to you guys. We love you, Pewter people. We appreciate the super chats we've gotten today and all throughout this this draft and post-draft time. And make sure that you subscribe to Pewter Report TV and then also hit the like button. Matt, what what does the like button do? When people hit the like button on all of our podcasts and all of the great videos from these press conferences that you're putting up on our YouTube account. Yeah, it helps us with the algorithm. It helps get the Peter Report podcast, YouTube channel, our website. It helps it get all out onto the internet for other NFL fans that are you know searching and want to learn more about the box or see what's the latest news with the box. Uh, so you're by hitting the like button, you're helping Peter Report just grow our overall channel, which means we can get more production, more content out there for you and yep. keep providing as much Bucks content as we possibly can. And just like these pressers today. Great Buccaneer fans like Barry Moore, who's just yeah. waking up in Australia. Great show. We appreciate you starting the day with us, Barry. And we appreciate uh, everybody um, tuning in to the Peter Report podcast uh, for another great show. This was an action-packed day at the Advent Health Training Center Thursday night. This is the place you want to be, 730 Eastern time for our schedule release show. We're going to have all of the, the analysis. Uh, I won't be on, but we'll have Matt on plus some other Peter reporters. I'm going to be working on the latest SR's Fab Five, which will be coming out on Friday. So don't miss that. But in the meantime, uh, we want you to check out PeterReport.com. We've got a ton of content over there from today's show. And, uh, and again, we'll be back Thursday night for Matt Matera. I'm Scott Reynolds saying we'll see you for the next edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out. Subscribe.